If you are here for the first time, welcome. And I hope the awesome welcome team made you feel very, very welcome out there because they are specifically very well done. Uh, my name is Paul. For those of you that don't know me, I have the privilege of being part of the leadership team here at church, at Potter's House, but as well as part of the Celebrate Recovery here at Potter's House, as well as statewide and at regional levels. Usually, Jay or BMAC, as I've nicknamed him, Brian McKenzie, do an excellent job on exposing and revealing and unpacking God's Word. But this week, today, is our annual Celebrate Recovery Sunday. This is a celebration and acknowledgement that Celebrate Recovery is a ministry that has been here for 14 years. 14 years. And I just want to mention a special mention, take a special privilege here of mentioning Curtis, who's sitting over there, okay? Curtis and Alicia, who is not here tonight, if you're watching out there, Alicia, love you. They started this here at Potter's House 14 years ago. That is over 720 Tuesdays ago, just in case anybody's counting, okay? Yeah, give them some love right there, please. And as you can see on the screen, over 180 baptisms right there at Celebrate Recovery, okay? Numerous solid relationships found as part of Celebrate Recovery and countless, countless seeds that have been sown through the efforts of all those involved in Celebrate Recovery on Tuesdays, okay? So a real big special thank you to everybody that's been involved even life groups that have provided food, free and food, two four-letter F words that we can all like, okay? So, <laughs> so that being said, um, let's pray. Father God, we are truly grateful for tools that we can learn in Celebrate Recovery. Lord, as the song says, to all the songs that have been said today and worship music for you, Lord, We've got to remember not just who we are, but whose we are. Lord, we thank you for your open arms. We thank you for your just amazing grace. And Lord, we know that the battles belong to you. We know. And Lord, we pray this above all names in Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. So for a lot of you, you may not even know what Celebrate Recovery is. Celebrate Recovery is a biblical 12-step program for absolutely anything. And I mean anything, and we'll go more into that a little bit later. But Celebrate Recovery is more, so much more than just recovery. So I wanna play a short video here, it's about five minutes, so please be gracious with us here, to just see what CR means to some folks. Fill the lights down on the stage if you would, Mike, please. Please, hopefully, that's one place. There it goes. Family, hope, and everlasting friendship. Peace, fellowship, and serenity. I have a forever family. A better way of life. Freedom from all the bondage and the hurt. Freedom from the pain. Celebrate Recovery is about hope, uh, restoration, and making things right with your maker. Celebrate Recovery literally helped turn my life around. Celebrate Recovery is a, a fellowship of people who care. Celebrate Recovery 
is like AA on steroids. It really is a chance to not just learn about recovery and learn all your problems. You actually do get to celebrate your uh, your ability to overcome them through Jesus Christ. Uh, you're great to just walk in the door, whether it's alcohol, um, sex, food addiction, uh, whatever it is, you, you can come on in and uh, we'll love and embrace you. And uh, as we always say, we just encourage you to keep coming back. It's the most important part. Um, and you'll experience family and uh, what it really means to have a forever family that cares about you and wants to invest in your life, wants to see you um, become the fullness of what Jesus Christ has for you. I went there very nervous, afraid, scared at first. Um, but once I got there and broke it down into small groups, um, I was able to uh, release um, the problems I had in life and uh, quickly realized that I wasn't the only one with problems out there. More than just a place, but an experience, not just to improve my relationship with Christ, but it helps me giving a, a better understanding of what it truly means to have a relationship and to advance God's kingdoms and reach people for Christ. Having people come alongside you that, that won't judge you, that won't think what you've done is is beyond forgiveness they will um, they'll just build you up I didn't have to be sneaky anymore I didn't have to hide um, I could be truthful and once I got those things out in the open um, it was great it opened a lot of doors for me celebrate recovery is a place for for healing of our hurts and our habits um, it's a private place what is said there stays there a place where friends can get together and talk about the joys in their week they can talk about the the bad hard times in their week and the struggles they go through in order to help each other grow in our faith and also grow as a life together and help us to achieve a better life for ourselves. Celebrate Recovery has helped me by being able to share my struggles in life with other people that have an understanding of what I'm going through. Celebrate Recovery freed me from the bondage that I had, pulled me out of the denial of where I was. I was very prideful and everything was about me. And through Celebrate Recovery, I learned about joy, Jesus, others, and then yourself. So uh, what it's meant to me is just walking closer like Jesus. It's brought me closer to Christ, uh, knowing that my identity is in Him. Brought me back my life, helped me find God. To get myself in my life uh, centered back to Christ so that uh, all the things that were causing disruptions in my life could be turned over to him. It's given me hope. It's given me a new life, taken me away from unhealthy relationships and a lot of sadness and hurt and given me my life back, given me my life with my kids and a relationship with God foremost. I would definitely recommend Celebrate Recovery to a friend because it has changed my life in a positive way and I want to share the message and what I've found is a forever family here. Um, I would say that it doesn't matter what you're struggling with, um, whether it's fear, anxiety, depression, any kind of addiction, anything that might bring you down in life, um, Celebrate Recovery is there to change that around to bring positive, to bring joy, love, hope, and God back into your life. Broken 
and that's where it reaches lots of people. So come on in and um, give it a chance. If you don't like it the first time, try it four or five more times and see what happens. That's a great place to, to get out of yourself and into others. God is the key. So a great way to sort of bring this into context. And I'll just give you the warning. The warning label's on the screen. We will be in lots of different places in the Bible today. So buckle up, strap in, and remember to keep your arms and legs inside the car at all times. So in review last week, Brian Herzog actually talked about, you know, the dimensions of just how wide God's love is, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love truly is for us. And I'm going to somewhat dovetail into that because one of the verses that he brought up last week was one of those kind of sort of almost glamour verses that we often hear. Come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some translations I know state the word burdened. But have we ever considered what is making us weary? What is burdening us? And what is causing us to be heavy laden? A quick word study can actually reveal quite quickly that the word weary is mentioned over 150 times in the Bible. So it's expected that the world is going to make us weary. The world will wear us down. But let us consider another verse. Isaiah 40.31. And I'm reading from the American Standard Bible, by the way. Yet those who wait for the Lord gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, and they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. In order to fly, we need four things, or there are four factors when it comes to flight. This is a subject that could go on forever because this is one of my trade. But we need more lift than we need weight. We also need more thrust than we need of drag. And for any of those who say pigs can't fly, they can with enough thrust. Just saying. But what is it, truly, what is it to be weary? Dictionary.com puts it this way, physically or mentally exhausted by hard work, exertion, strain, or fatigued or tired. Personally, I kind of like the Oxford version. It explains weary like this. Very tired, especially after you've been working hard or doing something for a long time. Or put it another way. Doing the, putting, yeah, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Can some of us relate? We all know what this means. The Scottish pastor, author, and poet, George MacDonald, once wrote, Man finds it hard to get what he wants, because man does not want the best. And God finds it hard to give, because he would give the best, and man will not take it. I illustrate this specifically from George MacDonald, because often we don't even realize what is holding us back. We may not even know what is holding us back. So that question comes back again, or those questions, I should say. What is making us weary? What is burdening us? 
and what is causing us to be heavy laden. Hebrews 12.1 also states, Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Have you ever tried running with ankle weights? Have you ever tried running with weights on? It's harder. Have you ever tried running with a backpack on? All of those things make it harder to run that race. So allow me to use analogy here. Because God doesn't want us restricted. He doesn't want us slowed down. An analogy here, and I'm, apologies to some amazing plumbers out here. I am not a plumber, and so um, we'll just leave that at that. You know, we turn on a tap or a faucet and expect water to come rushing out. However, as many of you know, living in this area, and for those living in this, out on the stream, no pun intended, we live in a hard water area. Unfortunately, we get lime that builds up in our pipes. And so what we might be expecting to get is something like we see on the screen, but what we're actually getting may be something closer to that. How is our vertical relationship? Is it restricted? Is it limited? When we consider worries, Life is hard, and I am not minimizing anybody's concerns, worries, or circumstances in any way. Are we heavy laden with guilt and shame? And yes, those two are very, very different. Are we burdened by past or even current actions or reactions? Why do we instinctively react to certain things? Maybe we should be asking ourselves what could be interfering with our vertical relationship with God. Another good analogy that I've got here is, and again, I will also state as a disclaimer, I am not a farmer or a horticulturalist. Okay? So don't be like this guy. In order to get a flower bed or a field planted, okay, the soil must be broken and raked. In other words, our soul must be prepared by faith. The weeds must be removed. Those negative thoughts and actions removed. The seed must be applied. God's word applied in relative ways. And the water must be supplied. That purpose and that enthusiasm applied and added to our soul. There's any number and types of stronghold that could be causing us or causing a restriction in that vertical relationship. Here's just a few, and I know that's really hard to read from that screen, and I apologize for that. But a common thought that recovery, and a lot of people tend to gravitate towards this thought, you mention the term recovery, and the immediate thought is for drugs and alcohol, or another term is chemical dependency. A shocking truth is that only, only 
9% of those that come through Celebrate Recovery are there because of chemical dependency. 29%. So let's look at the anatomy of one of those hurts or that stronghold or that barrier that could be restricting our vertical relationship with Christ. Hurts, the start of it. We've all been hurt. If there's anybody that's not been hurt, maybe they should be up here and not me. But that hurt starts right here, right in the heart. And if we don't necessarily walk, grow, or work through that hurt, we can start to develop those hang-ups. Those hang-ups, they can reside in our headspace. These are beliefs, doubts, fears, insecurities that we've developed, and even certain instinctive reactions to specific things. All that these do are going to bind us into a web of self-imposed limitations. Self-imposed, that hurts. One of the hardest prisons we struggle to get out of is one that we put ourselves in. Ouch, right? So to cope with some of these limitations, we develop what we call coping mechanisms or the habits. Those outward actions, those instinctive reactions. And more often than not, we will cause more pain so you can see where this becomes the cycle of dysfunction. And if we don't deal with them or grow through them, we will likely pass on these, these burdens. These, this baggage is another word to use. So this is why we, turn, we call this that, that cycle of dysfunction. Pain to belief to coping mechanism or hurts hang-ups, and habits. And again, to restate, those habits can be many, many other things other than chemical dependency, that fancy term for drug use or alcohol use. Could be internet use, could be device use, could be online shopping, it could be codependency, could be grief, depression, anxiety. I know some of you now are probably saying, all right, Paul, that's enough. Stop stepping on the toes. Okay, I, I get it. But does anyone really want a restricted relationship with God? I don't. So some of you may be asking, how can we get over? How can we overcome those stressful trials and exhausting past? Or those strained, troubling, upsetting, and difficult years? And some of you that have been CR know exactly what that's spelling out. Because sometimes we need to change things. As we said earlier, we can try the same things over and over and expect different results, but do we get them? And yes, I have another analogy. How many of you peel a banana starting here? Okay. Who would have thought you would have ended up coming to church to learn how to peel a banana? Right? I know. I know. But how often do we start peeling the banana right there 
We get those little stringy bits that still cling to the banana, and yet we still do it every single time. Instead, let's turn things upside down. Let's start here. Let's start removing those stringy bits that cling to us by doing, by looking, by starting things differently. We can get different results. One of the first things we're going to find in a step study of Celebrate Recovery is a support team. You know, two weeks ago, Brian mentioned the importance of team and teamwork and a support network. And it is so, so important, whether it be a forever family, stepbrothers, stepsisters, your tribe, whatever it may be. Ecclesiastes 4.9 clearly tells us that two are better than one, for they have a better, better return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the other one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls, and there's not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lay down together, they keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? And if one can overcome him who is alone, two can resist him. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Another word, another phrase that is mentioned over 150 times in the Bible is the term each other. That's just in the New Testament, by the way. In other words, we were made for combined unity. And if you shorten that word up, it's community. For all of those that feel isolated, that feel alone because of that isolation that we've put ourselves in. My football team, yes, the real football, the one that's with the balls round in all directions, um, has a motto back there, you'll never walk alone. And for believers, that's an amazing phrase to think about that because Christ is walking with us. We will never walk alone for those who fully, completely trust in him. So the other things that we learn in those step study environments is tools. Tools to identify tools to overcome, and probably the most important, no probably about it, the tools, the most important tool to gain is a closer and more intimate relationship with Christ. My personal, own personal experience in this, having gone through now several step studies of my own, From a very early age, I felt worthless, felt subpar, lacking because of who I was. It wasn't until going through the steps, the principles, and figuring out whose I am did I start peeling back the layers and start overcoming those numerous fears. A lot of people use the onion analogy on this particular point. I don't like the onion analogy because if you've ever done like I have and been bored enough to peel an onion all the way back, do you know what you're left with? A bunch of skin and a bunch of tears. I want to use the artichoke analogy. 
because I know at the center of that artichoke is the heart. And I know that God needs to work on my heart every single time. And it doesn't matter whether it's my first step study, whether it's my seventh step study, or any in between. Knowing that God needs to work on my heart every single time. As somebody who used to be a rather good control enthusiast, in other words, a control freak, it was easy for me to set very unreasonable expectations and then get, and even unreasonably, sorry, extraordinarily unreasonable expectations, and they weren't they met, and shockingly, they weren't, my attitude to those people and to those entities would be combative. Through CR, I've been able to reconcile relationships that otherwise would have remained estranged. All the tools that I've learned in Celebrate Recovery Step Studies have helped reconcile so many relationships. Learning to admit that when I'm wrong, and my wife will tell you, I am wrong often. Learning to make amends. Learning to build those bridges. Through CR, I've become a better follower, a better believer in my higher power in Jesus Christ. A better husband, a better father, a better servant to his kingdom. And I think, overall, a better human being. At least I'd like to think so. Because it's not in my power. It's in God's power. It's not who I am. It's whose I am. But I don't want you to take my word for it. We've asked a few to come and share their own experiences. Jeff, who couldn't be here today, has actually recorded a short video for us. And so we're going to play Jeff's video, and then my dear wife is going to come up right after that. Hello, my name is Jeff. Um, I'm here to speak a few words about uh, Celebrate Recovery. I'm a grateful serving believer in Jesus Christ. And just like all of us, I do have some of my own habits, hurts, and hang-ups. And one thing I've discovered, Celebrate Recovery is a safe place to come. Share your thoughts. Uh, a lot of people think of recovery just for alcoholism and drug abuse. It's so much more. We all have our issues we deal with, um, mental issues as well as the physical. Uh, being raised as in a good Christian home, I thought I was a religious man until I started coming here and realized the big thing it did for me was found out what it really means to have a relationship with God and how to build on that and how much he does for us with his grace and it has done so much for me in my faith. And like I say, it's a safe haven. You can talk about it with people. There's no judgment here. And it's just a great place to come if you have any hurts, habits, and hang-ups that you need to share and let go of. This is a good place for it. I'm going to hand the, my, this microphone to my beautiful bride who is making her way up here. Give my wife some love right here if you'd be so kind. Good morning. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I have struggled with depression, anxiety, codependency, perfectionism, and the list goes on and on and on, right? 
Um, currently, I'm working on sugar because I'm actually a sugar addict. And that's what the Lord is wanting me to work on in my life right now. It's not always easy. Before I get started today, I'd really like us all just to join together and pray for Paul's mother. She's actually in the hospital with COVID, and she returned home, and then she returned home um, back to the hospital last night, and they asked, actually asked her if she wished to be resuscitated if needed. So if you all would join with me in praying for Paul's mom, I would really appreciate that. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord God, we just thank you so much for the love that you have for us. We lift up Vivian to you, Father. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you lay your hands upon her and miraculously heal her as a witness to your power and your glory and your strength and your healing. Lord, we thank you for what you will do no matter what, and that your love will envelop Vivian and her family and Paul. We thank you for loving us. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining me in that. I forgot to say earlier that when, when we present ourselves in Celebrate Recovery, we usually say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, however you want to put that. And then we say what we struggle with or what we're in recovery for, and then we say our name. And the reason we do that is because I'm not just Shannon. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and he is my Lord and my Savior, and he is who validates who Shannon is. And so that's why we say, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ before we say our name. Does that make sense? Amen to that. When Paul first came to me and told me that he was going to be, um, be in leadership with Celebrate Recovery, the church we were attending, I was like, okay, that's great. That's great. Just don't bring those people to our home. It's exactly what I said to him, and I was dead serious. And because I had had some past uh, troubles of my own that I didn't want to have anything to do with drugs or alcohol, people that were involved with drugs especially, and so I didn't want him to bring it to our home, those people. We have a saying, those people, I'm one of those people in Celebrate Recovery, and then the, maybe on a t-shirt you've seen Paul where it says, I'm one of those people, and on the back it says, but I have Celebrate Recovery. Has anyone seen that? Yeah. Well, a couple weeks later, they got Celebrate Recovery off and going, and a couple weeks later in church, I don't even remember what the subject was, but God pretty much slapped me up against the head and said, guess what, Shannon? I want you to be involved in Celebrate Recovery. And I looked over at Paul, and I gave him this look, and he's thinking, oh no, what did I do now? And so when we got in the truck later, after service was over, I told him that the Lord pretty much demanded of me that I was going to be involved in Celebrate Recovery. 
and I wasn't very happy about it because I wasn't one of those people. Well, once I got started in Celebrate Recovery and getting to know people that would come in and realizing my own hurts, hang-ups, and habits, I realized, boy, I needed to be there more than anybody else, if not just as much as everybody else. Because it wasn't just about drugs and alcohol. It was about my own codependency on others to validate who I was. It was about finding strength in Christ for what he had done for me because he loved me. And that I didn't need to be validated by others. We all want to be validated. We want to be loved and accepted by others. But what if we don't have anybody? And there are people out there that don't have anybody. But what if they have Christ? What if they have that relationship with Christ? Is it enough? The Lord often reminds me and says to me periodically, Shannon, if Paul wasn't here for any reason, would I be enough for you? And he helps me check that in myself. And sometimes I say, mm, maybe. And other times I get to say, thank you, Lord and Savior, for being here for me on a personal, vertical relationship with you, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what's coming up, what I don't know what's coming up, what has happened to me in the past, no matter who loves me, who hates me, right? I always have Christ, the Holy Spirit, God in my life. And quite frankly, the bottom line is that is enough. He is enough for me. And so he often, like I said, he often reminds me, am I enough for you, Shannon? Are you leaning too much on your husband? How's our relationship, our vertical relationship? I've had the opportunity to be in four step studies. Alicia and I just finished up leading a step study not long ago. And every single step study that we have been in, God has worked on me in a different way, whether it be from just little bits from the last one that he wanted me to tighten up, or whether it's something different. And I encourage you that if, well, there's no if, right? Because if you said to me, if we were in a conversation and you said to me, oh, I'm not working on anything, God doesn't have to work on me at all. Uh, yeah, uh-oh, right? I'd be questioning that. So we all have to look inside. Well, we don't have to, right? But I encourage you to look inside. How can God strengthen your life? And is he calling you to do a step study? because it's for every single one of you. And, and you are that person. 
I'm that person. When we look at someone else and we go, ooh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like that person. You're right. You're unique. God loves you just the way you are. But we have to look at ourselves and say, what does God want to change in me right now in my life? And he will if you allow him to. And a step study, a Celebrate Recovery step study, is a wonderful way to do that. You find camaraderie in your stepbrothers or stepsisters. You find confidentiality and encouragement. And you study the word and find out how God can fill that empty spot in your life or help you with that hang-up or habit. So if you're interested, if you're interested in doing a step study, come on out to the kiosk after. We'll get you, we'll get you on a list, and if we get enough people, we'll start a step study. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share um, my experience in Celebrate Recovery, and God bless you. Now I'm going to bring up another familiar face that you often see. You know, he's normally in a prison cell back here. I mean, the drum kit back here. And so, please welcome Ingram. Um, grateful believer in Christ uh, who struggles with anger and lust. And my name's Ingram. Um, uh, after, after marriage, I really needed help. And I remember reading my Bible and, you know, doing what I was taught as a Christian kid. And I'd, I'd get really upset because, you know, I, you know, if you read your Bible, then you won't have any problems. And then... Uh, and then my wife and I, we had our first, our first kid. It was just a, a really dark time. And uh, I knew I needed help. But I was afraid of the judgment. Um, when, you go, when you go from being a, a victim to being the one hurting your own family, it's really hard to, it's really hard to uh, admit that. And then we had our second child, <laughs> and, it, and it got harder. And uh, I, uh, I was kind of at the point to where I thought that I would have to take medication, and uh, I just have a, my family has a history of that, and. And the result hasn't been very good. And so going to CR uh, was kind of like my last, my last shot at getting my life together. And after completing the step study, I, st I still struggle with the same stuff. Um, but that's okay. You know, if you make the devil and you make your flesh look like a fool whenever you keep showing up, 
and uh, a couple about six months in, we had to give a moral inventory of all the things that we had done wrong. And uh, I mean, you don't have to, but you know, whenever you write down all the good and bad in your life, if you just focus on the bad and you and you see that God will never leave you, you know, it's that's something that I, that I could only experience in in a step study with with Celebrate Recovery, and then a. Uh, couple more months after that, I, this verse came to, my, came to my mind, and this is kind of more of a personal uh, interpretation of what I believe this verse means, but in John 14, it says, very, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And I've always thought, you know, how how can we as believers do greater works than Jesus? And after going through the step study and... And, you know, one day, like, one day I won't have to leave my home because of my anger. And one day I'll, I'll look at women differently. You know, and, and to me that's, that's just as great and even greater than bringing someone that was dead to life. I had a, fr- I had a friend that told me, you know, what if you healed someone from cancer, but they just kept on living the same life, and they didn't believe in Christ, and, and, you know, if you don't accept Christ, then you're going to hell, like, wouldn't it be better to tell them the gospel, and for them to accept that, and, and, you know, and then after death, truly live, you know, my, you know, with CR, I, my hope is that is that I won't be enslaved in my hurts and habits, and, and that's why I'll probably be doing it again next year. So, Give him some love. Come on. Another face that you're familiar with seeing is Jason. Give him some love, please. Oh, my. Hello, I'm uh, Jason. I'm a, well, I'm supposed to, I am a grateful believer in Jesus. And I have struggles that if you come here on Tuesday, you'll find out I'm delivering my first testimony, which is frightening. Uh, Write down the word truth if you're taking notes, because that's what this is going to be all about. The CR Step Study allowed me to peek into the truth about myself and my past. Everyone in this room at one time or another has lied. Has anybody in here ever failed to do something in the Bible? Okay, good. I'm with a bunch of failures. Uh, uh, CR is a place where forgiven failures go to be free. Um, 
everyone, I'm going to say I'm a lot, everyone in this room at one time or another has lied to themselves about certain events in their life. I used to come here and tell, um, I didn't come here to tell you how horrible you were. The step study was about me, my issues, my past, my present, my future. I remember once being uh, one of those people who viewed CR participants in such organizations as I'm not one of them. I realized that is exactly who Jesus did not come to save. Uh, read about any verse you come across where Jesus is confronted with teachers of the law, Pharisees, Sadducees. Make sure you're not doing what those people are doing. Jesus is usually telling you to do the opposite. Be careful. Watch your step. There are two types of people, those who have done CR step studies and those who have not. I'm simply one who has. Allow me to see the truth of many truths that I lied to myself about. The enemy deceived me into believing, or I refused to acknowledge them just to protect myself. Lying to others is wrong. I've come to realize that the worst lies are the ones we tell ourselves. I'd rather you lie to me than lie to yourself. And as Jay would say, don't hear what I just didn't say. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's okay to lie to me. I'm just saying that I'd rather you lie to me than lie to yourself, because those are the ones that do the most damage. Truth, according to Jordan Peterson, is how God transformed a world of chaos into being through an act of speech. We can turn the chaos in our lives into order through speech. What do you tell yourself about you and what you've done? Peterson goes on to say, quote, to tell the truth is to bring the most habitable reality into being. Truth builds edifices that last for thousands of years, your Bible. Truth feeds and clothes the poor and makes nations wealthy and wise. Truth reduces the terrible complexity of man and the simplicity of his word so that he can become a partner rather than an enemy. Truth makes the past truly past, makes the best use of future's possibility. Truth is the ultimate inexhaustible natural resource. It's the light in the darkness. See the truth, tell the truth. If your life is not what it could be, try telling the truth. If you feel weak or rejected or desperate and confused, try telling the truth, unquote. The step study allowed me to find peace in many areas of my life previously sown by chaos. By gathering with a few brothers in Christ, I was fortunate enough to do my step study with Curtis and Paul and another individual to go through the material and bear our souls. I'd like to stand here and tell you that at that moment there was this huge change, but it wasn't. The changes occurred slowly. I compare it to a, a Heinz 57 ketchup. You ever seen the commercials? If you're from the 80s and 90s, you remember the old, you hold the bottle and it just slowly comes out. Well, Heinz decided that it didn't love God anymore. So now when you pick up a Heinz ketchup bottle, you know that moment. You know when you squeeze, it's just going to come out all at once. It's so annoying. You guys ever ate a hot dog? I don't know if you have anyone. But that's kind of what it's like. It's like it wasn't the, it was kind of, it's slow over time that I've noticed the changes in my life. I found over time, uh, uh, the changes have occurred. I can be stubborn, unlike most people. I can't solve quadratic equations off the top of my head. Um, I've had the benefit to realize over time that the step study is being realized every day in my life. I'm stronger, wiser, steady, spiritually, mentally, emotionally today than I've ever been. And the CR step study can be added to the list of reasons why. Jesus told us how to know God. Thomas asked Jesus, how would you know uh, how would we know the way to where he was going? Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. Jesus also said, from now on you do know God and have seen God. That truth, 
the truth that I was quoting about from Jordan Peterson earlier is Jesus is God. The CR Step Study is a journey into the depths of one's life and one's soul, one's lived experience. But more importantly, it is a study in the truths about Jesus and God. If you're anyone you know who is 18 or older and has breathed oxygen in your lungs, the CR Step Study is for you. Thank you. You know, we're called to bring the good news in relative terms. And I hope those three and four individuals that have been here can bring that into relative terms. Because it takes a while to turn a ship around. You know, it took us a while to get messed up. It took me over 30 years, okay? It's going to take me a while to get a little, a little bit unmessed up. And so... We're looking for progress, not perfection, okay? How many of us have struggled with perfectionistic tendencies? Okay, I know I have. It's progress, not perfection. None of us are perfect, but we are, remember this, we are perfectible in Him. You know, the verse in John 14, 1 tells us, do not let your hearts be troubled. That is not a suggestion. That's a command. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, I, I know for me, and man, I'm going to speak to you just directly right now. The term vulnerability scares the fool out of us often, realistically because we see it as a weakness. But so many good things, so many great things come from vulnerability. And I'm just gonna split that word vulnerability into three separate layers real quick before we bring this into landing, okay? Pastor Jimmy Rollins brought this up to me a few years ago, and it's changed the way I look at it. Transparency is what I let you see. Vulnerability is what I let you know. But accountability is what I let you hold. I know for me, in these step studies with my team, my tribe, my forever family, my stepbrothers or stepsisters in that case, I need every one of those. And just because I have the privilege of being up here does not mean I have it all together by any stretch of the imagination. So in order to bring this good news in for a landing, I want to just bring out exactly what CR is and what isn't. CR is not just to recover from a specific hurt, hang-up, or habit. CR is not just healing. Although we want to see healing, don't get me wrong. CR is not a behavioral modification program. It does help. CR is not just an encouraging meeting for all. Although we do pray that it is encouraging and inviting for everybody. CR is not therapy. Yes, it can be therapeutic. CR is not a place for secrets. It's not a 
not a place for judgment either. And again, as been said a couple of times in those personal testimonies, it's not a quick fix. It's not a magic wand. But I want you to remember the words of, of, of Psalm 139 and of Ephesians 4.2. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are his masterpiece, his handiwork. And I want you to look to the person next to you and tell them that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are his masterpiece. Would you be kind enough to stand with me? That it didn't come out as readable as I thought it would, um, unfortunately. But this is the CR Creed. On the road to recovery, we are changed when we accept God's grace and forgiveness to solve our life's problems. We are changed when we become willing to share our experience, strength, and hope with others. Each of us needs repentance and recovery to live life the way God intended. We need biblical truth, fellowship, and accountability to help us grow spiritually and emotionally. By working these eight principles, we maintain the freedom from our life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, you clearly give us a roadmap of how to live. The Beatitudes are an amazing roadmap to the way we should live. And Lord, the world gets in the way. The world is the world. And sometimes, God, we know, all times we know, we need to put that armor of God on every single day. Sometimes we may even need to re-put it on during the day. But God, we are so reminded of your grace, of your strength. Lord, I know everybody in this room is struggling or has struggled with something. I know, God, that everyone in this room needs you. And I just get the privilege of being your voice today. Lord God, I pray for every single heart, soul, and mind that is in this room, that is on the stream, that is in our communities and in our world. Lord God, you are enough. You tell us that your grace is sufficient. And Lord God, we ask you to go before us in word, in thought, in mind, and most of all, in action. God, go before us. Lord, we are so grateful for your grace. We lift up this room. We lift up this world. We just place it in your victorious right hand. Lord God, we say this all in the name of this above all names in Jesus Christ. And all said, if there is someone that you know that is struggling, reach out. Remember a phrase, each one reach one. That is the play. Let's go and get him, Potter's house. Ready?